and they asked me if I'd watch Game Changers, and I said, yes, I've seen Game Changers. Have you seen it? No, I haven't watched it's it. It's Arnold's documentary about yeah. vegan athletes. Yeah. Their combined win-loss record is awful. Is <laughs> they, it? they didn't change any games. <laughs> <laughs> they got their ass beat. <laughs> well. I actually have it here. I don't have – I wish I had combined win-losses, but uh, number one athlete, three and five, three ties, two, six, and – Two, two, six, and two. That's victories, losses, losses ties. ties. Two, three, and three. Three, two, and two. That's the best one. Five, mm-hmm. uh, one, five, and one. One, four, and two. One, three, and two. Oh, three, and three. Three, one, and two. That may actually be the best one. Oh, four, and one. Two, oh, and one. Two, one, and one. Two, one, and one. Zero, one, and one. One, one, and one. Zero, two, zero. Zero one one zero two zero one one zero zero one zero. I mean, there's very very few numbers on the win column. <laughs> I was gonna say it. You have like, like out of out of thirty athletes, you have two with winning records. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. A positive <clears throat> win to loss ratio sounds like just a couple out of a large group. Not great. Not great. I remember somebody telling me like, "Oh yeah, there's this thing coming out about vegan athletes." I remember, I remember when it was coming out, and people were like trying to hype it up and be like, "Yeah, you can eat vegan and and still be athletic." And I'm like, "Sure, you can." Yeah, you can. It's just harder to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think that they have, by and large, I think that if you're going to go like, if you're going to use carbon or hire Wayne Norton to mm-hmm. oversee your vegan diet, then yeah, you can probably. Find some big success, and you're going to yeah. supplement the right things. Uh, Lance yeah. is a good example, my yeah. new athlete. You're going to supplement the right things. Those things are probably pretty good on you, man. But you right. still have to take – you have to eat three times as much, and you have to take twice as much as a person eating meat. Yeah. So. I guess if it's a lifestyle choice, like for – Political reasons, sure. Yeah, I, see, I support because I'm a, I'm an animal lover too. I support a the moral change. If you want to be vegan for moral moral reasons, I would stand. Even though that's even good. though that's uh, that's flawed too, because pesticides take out from vegetable farms yeah. take out more animals than just killing the animal and eating it does. Right. Sorry. But if you want to do it because you're an animal lover and you have some type of moral confliction, I would rather you do that than try to tell me it's healthier because it's not. Right. Science says it's not. Sorry. Right. I, I mean, I know what the fact says and it's not. I mean, we hear it all the time about how meat is the most bioavailable protein of all. So yeah, and Lane, you know, even red red meat does have a a, a connection to higher cancer risk. But Lane put that to rest the other day because. He did say that we knew this though, like red meat, we're red meat heavy in an American diet. Mm-hmm. We're also low on fiber, high on fat. And most of those fats are oils, like mm-hmm. seed oils and whatnot. Of course, he has an opinion about that too that I don't necessarily share, but you're getting a ton of red meat with very, very little fiber and very other supporting ingredients. So yeah, red mm-hmm. meat's going to be tied to tied to uh, higher risk of cancer. Right. And studies where people were eating a tremendous amount of red meat, but were getting the proper amount of dietary fiber, it actually had a negative effect on cancer risk. So red meat only has a heightened cancer risk when you're not consuming enough dietary fiber. Right. Which, Which, if you look at things that I've supported, like the paleo diet and keto, if you're not doing the cheddar cheese dipped in ranch thing, (laughs) if you're basically eating meats and vegetables like you're supposed to, plenty of fiber to keep you healthy, cancer-free. So. 
Let me tell you something. Everything in great in great amounts causes cancer. Uh, Plant-based protein are extremely estrogenic and have been tied to reproductive cancer so much so, so that people with reproductive cancers are asked to stop eating soy products mm-hmm. when after their diagnosis. Right. So <laughs> everything's going if you're doing it wrong enough, everything causes fucking cancer. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really, like that's the truth. <laughs> they say it's you know tied to plastics and cell phone usage and. If it's tied to cell phone uses, we're all fucked. Yeah, there's every not a single person in the world doesn't have cell phone in their pocket, except for well, I guess you know, indigenous I'm sure tribes probably, and like shit yeah. like that. But like, but even you know, that's so available now. Even the poorest of the poor can have access can to have some access to a cell phone. Yeah. May not have internet ac- access, but have access to a cell yeah. phone. So, so what you're saying is, don't be afraid of cancer because it's. <laughs> the likelihood of it getting you anyway is pretty fucking high. <laughs> just depends on how you get it. Yeah, I mean. It just depends on. That goes into making sure you get screened. You're coming Oof. up on 30. I'm I'm in my 30s. We're about, we're getting ready to get one fired up the old poop sheet soon <laughs> for the prostate Oof, exam. Man. But, I mean, that's one thing. That's one that's like. And because we use PEDs, we're at a heightened risk for prostate cancer. Yeah. But that's like something that's entirely preventable and treatable as long as they find it. Yeah. It kills you dead if you if you don't know about it. Fuck, man. Like, there's a Letter Kenny episode about this. And when the women find out that all the men are scared to go get a uh, finger fired up their butt for their prostate exam, they have to tell them. They go in great detail to tell them what happens when they just go get a pap smear. Mm-hmm. And uh, the men are like, okay, we can handle a finger. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, this is okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's all about perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You don't have to like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like, I'm sure the doctor doesn't specifically, you know, just like love putting his finger up in another dude's <laughs> ass either. You know I, mean, I mean, he may. He might. It might be why he went into that profession, you know? <laughs> he may. Huh. You never know. Depends on the doctor. As far as I know, that's done by your general practitioner, though. So, right. Like, he probably does less bad things and probably does some things that are a little worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Those people are like treating STDs and stuff, dude. Like, yeah, that's probably pretty. Fire, rough. You know, turning your head and firing a finger up there real quick is probably a little less bad than having to inspect, you know, <laughs> some swollen, stinky genitals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably pretty rough. So, Ugh. pick your poison. Though, perspective. Yes, perspective. Yeah, perspective. Helps. Oh man. We went from <laughs> from talking about veganism to talking about fingers up the ass. Like <laughs> that was like zero to a hundred, like real quick, real quick. <laughs> I wonder if any of this is going to make it or not. I don't know. Maybe it should. Maybe it should. Maybe it should. I mean, raising awareness of you know getting prostate your prostate cancer. exam. You know, and that's a good point. Listen, you need to be getting your blood work done because it'll show white blood cell count, and mm-hmm. if those are heightened, it can show. It can potentially be a sign of cancer. Right. But uh, if you're using PEDs, you should probably consider getting screened for those things more regularly. Yeah. Which I haven't done yet because, I mean, it is. It is a finger up the butt. It is a finger up the butt. It's uh, not a pleasant thought, really. It's not. Probably pretty uncomfortable, but. Hopefully uncomfortable for everybody. At least a little bit. Doctor, probably a little more used to it, right? Does it all the time. Probably doesn't enjoy it, though. Right. As long as he's not sitting there going, ooh. 
If you hear that, I'd be the asshole that went and got like four bean burritos from Taco Bell before my prostate exam. <laughs> nah, the first the first time my doctor like would make any th- any sort of indication that he was enjoying it, I would find another doctor immediately. I'd be like, all right, this is the last time I'm seeing am, you. <laughs> I'm thinking about moving my primary care to where we do. Um, you don't do it yet, but you're about to. Mm-hmm. Where we do our. Uh, Hormone and blood work. So it's just going to be, it's just hard because that's a long drive for general shit. Well, well, the reason why I'm thinking they can use your, the same blood work for your general stuff and for your hormone panel. So, like, that makes sense. It's kind of makes it a one stop shop. And I hate going to the doctor. Yeah. And I'm up there often. Like, you have to go when you start, when you start with them, you'll, you'll be there every three months. Right. So that's, that feels pretty standard though. Every three months. So, Just to make sure nothing is spiked, nothing has changed, everything's yep. set on the course that the doctor has yep. put you on. So we don't really know what we're talking about today. Um, Other than fingers up the butt. <laughs> lots of fingers up the butt. I had, a, I had a thought, and it's mostly just because of the week, you know, a weekend. Ah, the whole week's been pretty rough. But, like, well, actually, before we get into the actual topic, we're drinking again. <laughs> Well, I should tell you, that should be indicative enough of what the weeks look like. The week has been Um, rough. I've been mostly alcohol-free, I'll be honest with you. This is my second drink this week. Um, I did, before we started, I did split a beer with Desi, so I guess you can call it my third, but two and a half. I don't intend on drinking any more than this, and I do plan on getting back on the horse. Um, But uh, it just happens, man, and I'm, uh, I'm bummed out about... An old injury, just rearing its mm-hmm. ugly head again, and I'm going to be okay. I'm walking fine. It's a little sore. Um, it's just frustrating more than anything. Yeah, because I mean, listen, I've last weekend. These are not big squats, mind y'all. I'm sorry uh, because I'm a pussy on squats right now. Last weekend, I paused 375 for a set of three, no pain, flies, could have thrown it through the ceiling. Today, I'm squatting at the garage. 335, the bottom of my third squat, something just grinds and kind of pops, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cut it off. Uh, you you were spotting it. You saw it. Like there was no strength issue, no speed issue. Perfectly fine squat otherwise, but just fucking hurt. So, um, deadlifts and bench were going fine, but yeah. it just a uh, real kick to the knockers when uh, when you're uh, trying to get better and look like you're getting better, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden. There's a little point of regression. <laughs> right. Well, it's the same thing with like the the squat at the meet, right? It was a hadn't you hit that weight before in practice? I everything I attempted at the meet day, I had doubled or tripled. Right. So it's just one of those things just like something something went wrong and somewhere. We, we were talking to Austin about that day. My my top set of the prep was 505. It's the most I'd ever had on my back before, and it was like an RP6. Right. It was extremely fast. Um that's video RPE. That's not necessarily what it felt like. Right. But it, it felt like a seven or an eight. Yeah. Um, but, and then to go on and get put out of the meat by 40 pounds less, mm-hmm. um, 40 pounds less again a day. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I just don't have respect for enough respect for the weight or anything, but also there was no indication that I was going to have a bad day. Cause right. I'd squatted all my warm ups pain free. Hmm. Yeah, it just happens. I think, and what's a pain to ask about this is I don't know that there's a way to necessarily diagnose this. Um, not without going to an orthopedic, and it's hard to find an orthopedic that's willing to work on hips here anyway. Um, I think the the real issue is I have an impingement mm-hmm. 
And uh, I need to know where the impingement's at and what it's doing so that I can do the proper mobility work to work that out. Right. Um, and I just don't know what it is yet. So can't really. I'll be honest it. with you. I didn't pay attention to how my hips were set today. And it does seem to be worse when I am basically have some uh, anterior pelvic tilt. Mm-hmm. versus when I'm squatting like I'm supposed to be with my hips under me. Right. Um, so I feel like that's pulling my hips out of position and more into that zone where it tends to catch or has that impingement, if that makes sense. Yeah. So maybe I should just move permanently to high bars because I can high bar pain-free. So I don't know. But And there's prob- there's only, you know, a couple of dozen pounds different between what I high bar and what I low bar. So... I mean, if there's not a real strength issue, might as well. If, it, if it's pain-free and you can hit that, I don't see why you couldn't just do it. Right now, dude, I'm thinking, honest to God, next meet I do that's full power, opening with a five or six rep max, three rep max on uh, on my on my second attempt, and like a two rep max on my third, <laughs> honestly, and just survive squats right. so I can put a total together without getting fucking hurt. Right. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Like... Fuck a gym PR. I don't care if it's not the same as my gym PR or less than my gym, gym PR anymore. I really don't. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I would like to just go A to B. I made the joke to, to Austin today that I'm going to be the only man with a 600-plus pound deadlift, a 400-plus pound bench, and a 300-pound squat. But <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that egregious, but... but. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. And for me to go full power, that might be what it, what it takes, so... But... Yeah, my week, uh, more of like the mental side of things than the physical, just like getting really hit pretty hard on all all sides. Me and Joe talked about it a lot. I had a I had a rough day yesterday mentally. I had to kind of just like, I, w- I went to Hartzell and just got on the treadmill because like it was late at night and I didn't want to like walk around the park late at night because that's yeah. a little weird. I mean, I'm a big ass dude. I do it. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a big ass dude. I I don't think anybody would mess with me. But also, I'm just like, I don't want to be really. You don't want to be scared of somebody else either. True. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know? Then they might freak out and pull a gun on me and be like, "Quit following me." I'm like, I'm not following you. I'm just depressed. <laughs> like, <laughs> but but uh, yeah. So it was it was kind of rough, Jim. Jim was weird. Like early on in the week, I had a really like on Monday, it was a really good bench day. I hit 415 and I was like super stoked about it. Um, Then I had my squat day was I think we were working with 485 or something. It was just a bunch of singles. Um, Pretty, pretty nonchalant. And then my bodybuilding days were fine. My deadlift day was just weird. Had a lot of issues with getting set up correctly. Things just didn't work out and joe was kind of unavailable to kind of cue me in the moment after i had done like five sets of deadlifts he he got back with me and was like oh well this was your problem and i, I was just like well i'm gonna pull a single and see if that helps and it was like oh it fixed every fucking problem and i was well, like at least it, just, it was here and here one minute and go on the next though yeah so it's like i know what to do now and i just have to drill it in my head next time i go to deadlift but um and then today just because of yesterday having so many issues, I'm not recovering well. I'm tired. I'm not sleeping good. So there's a lot of like, and it's interesting because like I'm getting like so many things right, like the training, the diet, like everything else that I normally 
I mean, training, I, I always put in pretty hard work. Diet, I'm usually like so-so on, but I've been working really hard on my diet to like eat really well, at least, you know, I'd say 90% of the time. But um, when you're not sleeping, you're not recovering. And I know we talk about that a lot, but like. Well, that's also the reason why, you know, to Joe's point a couple of weeks ago on the episode that we got deleted by accident. Um, that's Me and Joe talked about this extensively. That's the reason why you should be willing to control everything that you can, because you don't know when one of those things for better or worse may be taken from you. Right. Um, life happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he talked about people on the go may not have the ability to eat the same diet as you do. They may sleep better, Mm -hmm. but like controlling as many factors as you can to the best of your ability kind of can help mitigate disaster. Right. (laughs) You know know what I mean? So, um, if you're just doing everything, if you're just training hard and you're doing everything else half-assed, then it's not going to be good enough. Right. You know what I mean? Fortunately, you're doing those things well and that will help mitigate yeah, a lot <laughs> anything of that. that could could go wrong. But, uh, I mean, that's the prime example of what, you know, the reason why we talked about control and everything that we can mm. control. So, yeah. <clears throat> and, I mean, it was, it was fortunate, though, that the squats went really well today um, up until they didn't, essentially. Like, when fatigue kind of just, like, completely knocked me on my ass. You know, and I was I was there with you today when when he made those adjustments and after the adjustment was made, I feel like it was night and day. Right. It might have still felt like shit because it was later in your workout, yeah. but like um I felt like it got rectified. Yeah, <laughs> you know no, I mean like, like every time I watch the sets back, they moved way better than they felt. The only one that felt the only squat of the whole day that felt and looked exactly the same was the the third four eighty. Cause like it moved really well and it felt really good. And I was like, wow, this was like magic. Like everything just came together on this one squat. I mean, it was only 480, but like still, yeah. I feel, I feel really good about how everything came together for it. I don't, but anyway, um, yeah. Control what you can control guys and do it to the best of your ability. Um, I think me and Nathan are, Nathan's ahead of me, but I think we're both getting a little bit better about that. And it, it does come with some, Time in the gym and some wisdom and also time with other people who are already more wise than you. Yeah. Uh, kicking you in the nuts and being like, hey, you're fucking up, bud. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you hire a coach. Not yep. to plug myself, not to plug Joe, but like that's we can help you control those things. Right. And uh, it's for some reason, it's easier for all of us if we're accountable to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't afford a coach right now, but I would love to be back with Ron because I know Ron would check my shit. And, mm-hmm. you know. I'm at that point. I would be more worried about letting Ron down than how difficult that thing is going to be. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there is an accountability aspect that you know that's pretty fucking powerful. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I've been I've been really fortunate with Joe. Like, I felt that way at the very beginning. Like, I can't like be a bitch in front of Joe Sullivan. Like, that was that was I literally said that on the podcast the first like couple weeks that I had him. Yeah. And like, as we've talked and like kind of built more of a relationship, like I've been able to lean on him for a lot more than just like athletic stuff, more than powerlifting. Like he was like, he was helping me through my shit that was going on yesterday. Sure. Like he just happened to like, I, I sent him a message. I was in the gym. I was like, Hey, this is what's going on. And he just sent me a whole bunch of shit and like kind of put, put things in perspective for me. Um, I don't know. I'm going to go into, 
I guess I'm going to go somewhat vague, but I do want to tell this story. Um, but essentially my stress levels were at like an 11 and like I had, I, I, my coping mechanism for like high stress situations is that I have to like, I have to leave. I have to go yourself. Yeah. I have to clear my head, like kind of get in a better space. And for me going to the gym clears my head. Yeah. So like I drove to the gym and I got on a treadmill and I just started walking for about 20 minutes. Just kind of like listening to lo-fi music, just kind of like trying to reset my brain, calm down a little bit, not, not be so freaked out or stressed. And, um, then I went and did some, some like leg extensions and leg curls, really light stuff. I was really just stretching the muscles out and getting some blood in them. I wasn't training. I was just kind of like occupying myself with stuff that was going on. I did some like cable rows that I like, I did a bunch of stuff that I basically never do with Joe and just kind of like stuff that I like that kind of, just like going through motions of things and kind of letting my brain work itself out afterwards. It was really hard. Like during all this, it was really hard for me to leave the gym because I felt guilty because it was like, I left, I ran away. Like this is a shitty thing to do, but I don't know how to do anything else. And I told that to Joe and I was like, this is kind of like what, fucks me up like I feel like I can't come back because I I left and I left in a shitty way and I shouldn't have and then he he explained it to me like this and this is like the key point here this is the little bit of Joe Sullivan wisdom it's not running away if you intend on coming back sure so I have to kind of like explain that to myself explain that to Desi like it's it's not I'm not running away from the problem. I'm just trying to get a, a clearer understanding of the problem. Sure. So I can I can better be better when I come back so that I'm not at this really stressed out, like mentally not available yeah. place. But that was that was yeah. the story. Yeah, I mean I've I've kind of put it into um I think there's times I would definitely kind of like to, um, but honestly, and I, I know that you probably pretty, uh, cause me and you've talked about it uh, at large. Um, we, you know, we're generally pretty open about our mental health issues and stuff like that. I think since I've been that way with Sandy, um, I have felt less need to get up and go. Right. Sense. Um, I also feel a little bit more compelled now to just, like rip the bandaid off and get the fucking awkward conversation over with right. and like and whatever the problem may be. And we don't have, I'll be honest, we don't have very many. Um, yeah. And, uh, and that's, and I think too, in 16 years we've been together, we haven't had very many, but I went from a place where I didn't, didn't deal with anything directly with her, dealt with it on my own to being open and honest. And it does take a little bit off of me. Um, even if, it's not a uh, me and her problem, even if it's like an external problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely kind of helps to, uh, to do that. But, um, a lot of the times, uh, my problems have very little, little to do with me and her most of the mm-hmm. time. Um, the gym is that place for me where I can like think about something else for a little while. Like, um, the world stops when I'm in there. I don't mm-hmm. care what vendors calling me about what I owe them or, 
what clients are texting me or anything like that. And I'm very, very diligent about texting clients back, like even mm-hmm. if I'm in the gym, but it's like not as big of a worry for me when I'm in there. Like I'm not right. going to stress myself out about it. So yeah, I mean, I, I still feel my, find myself um, not necessarily in problems that pertain to me and Sandy, but I do find myself running to the gym for just some clarity. <laughs> yeah. Just for, just for clarity. Absolutely. And I think, I um, think it's more or less just like, because you're focused on something else, right? So you're focused, like, even if you're on the treadmill, you're focused on walking, you're focused on breathing. You're not really like getting assaulted by all the other thoughts. So like, it, it just make it makes it easier to like, let it ease into your brain. So like you're doing something else and you'll, you'll kind of have a thought come up and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to process this thought and I'm going to think about it. And I'm going to fix all this. And just kind of like easily, gradually as you're doing, because you can't you can't focus all of it on there. I mean, you can, I guess, if you're really good at multitasking and like you can just walk and talk and sure. go through all the motions. But for me, it's like if I focus on one step at a time, if I focus on breathing in, breathing out, I don't have to think about all the shit at, at once. Yeah, being, I think a, a good source, I mean, good the good reason why the gym is that for me is because I can be as negative or as pissed off as I want to be in the gym where I it used to just be this violent thing where I would just sling right weight around and do what I wanted to and go off program and everything like that. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit more like focus about it now. Like, can we stay in the pop pocket and move this stuff? Like, well, well, can we be as aggressive as we can? Can we like dominate it? Like, mm-hmm. so I try to like, I've tried to like move my mindset from, I'm going to go in here and kill myself because I'm pissed off to, I'm going to go in here and kill whatever I'm supposed to do. That right. day, you know, yeah. You know I mean, and I think that that also ties into, and we'll, we'll talk to him more about this cause we'll have him on again, but mm-hmm. that kind of ties into, um, those nervous system inputs and whatnot that, that me and Joe touched on, uh, when he was on, it also goes back to controlling what you can control, right? Like mm-hmm. controlled, well thought out, planned, um, <laughs> Violence is much, right. much more effective than, <laughs> you than know, it's like letting it scatter, let it, letting like it fucking, a, yeah. a big explosion. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Everything's going. It's the difference between a sniper rifle and blasting something with a shotgun. Right. <laughs> right. Shotgun gets the job done, but, but how many pieces are no, going to hit the wall? What are you going to destroy in the process yeah. of, uh, of, uh, getting that job done? Right. So versus there's some precision with the rifle, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, though, I mean, that's a, that's a weird analogy, but. No, but it makes sense, though. I mean, you've relied on, you know, and and we did talk about how it kind of can be an unhealthy thing, but Mm -hmm. we've relied on the gym for that thing in particular for a long time. It's hard Mm -hmm. to lean on something else. Yeah. um, And obviously not saying that anything that we're doing is the correct thing. Like it's, it's not necessarily the healthiest way of doing it, but it's no, it's not the healthiest way of coping. Because like I said, if you go in there and just fucking like I used to, and just go off program and like, we're maxing everything out today, Mm -hmm. like every barbell movement, every accessory, that's fucking, that's dangerous for you. You know what I mean? That's, it is what it is. It is self-destructive. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure that it's not self-destructive anyway, even if it is a little bit more precise. Right. Um, well, there's always that. There's always that little bit of that little piece of yourself that you're leaving. I mean, that, yeah. that with anything, even if it's something that you think is relatively easy, you know, you're you're still leaving something behind. It does uh, keep me from being an asshole. 
<laughs> and I think that, you know, if I'm being honest about things, I think most people that know me probably view me as a really nice caring person and everything like that. People don't know that I actually have to work on not being a fucking dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And I've, I've just worked on it for so long. I'm a little bit better at it than, mm-hmm. than, than I used to be. But like, that's a constant work in progress. What I want to do is give up and tell every one of you to fuck off <laughs> and, and uh, be a fucking hermit and uh, not give a fuck about anybody. Um, but that's also in a very real sense. Um, even though I want to do that sometimes, that's also not who I am anymore. So right. like, there is some balance there. I could probably stand to tell, to tell more people to fuck off now. It's probably <laughs> the opposite problem with some extent, uh, that I've become a little bit of a pushover, but I think I would rather have that like Zen, like state of mind, like mm-hmm. the, it's not a big deal, Yeah, but I have to talk myself into that sometimes. Oh yeah, some people. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, especially in in one gym that we go to. There's there's some people that you really just kind of want to grab and throw them into the mirror. I'll be honest with you. I have um, Sandy as my witness on this one because she was on the phone with me the other day when I was doing accessory work. Um, I have become more more vocal at jawing at somebody now, and, mm. and that gym in particular. Kind of have to. I feel like sometimes. Yeah, just... I'm, I got to the point that they, you know, they stare at me. I will jaw at them from across the room. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, Probably not the best thing either, but like, also you get tired of being, I don't know that I'm necessarily a pushover, but I am pretty kind to people, but you mm. kind of get tired of just like taking shit. Yeah. Like From I don't pe- have to, like right. I have to remind these people that I don't have to take your shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I feel like I, I take a lot because I just like, I, I'm a very uh, non-aggressive person. Like I don't want to fight people. I don't want to get into shit. I don't, I don't even want to like have an argument. I'd rather just be like, walk away. There's always someone that wants to push your buttons, and you know there that one specific situation. I was I was not having it that day. I was just <laughs> like, bro, leave. Like just, <laughs> we're not we're not doing this. You're in my space. Get out of my space. Yeah. Like and that I feel like sometimes you like that happens like you can't we're not we're not perfect nobody is perfect we can't expect ourselves to be perfect all the time i don't necessarily i don't think that that makes us bad either though i I wouldn't say standing your ground doesn't doesn't make you a bad person no um but you know i've mitigated it in in, in toxic ways sometimes um but also they're incredibly it kind of can be incredibly fruitful i don't know if you remember this about any time but we had me and you had a guy we kind of took care of and trained quite a bit that uh, when I was at any time that, uh, that grew quite a large ego for somebody mm-hmm. that was, um, he was getting better and he was getting better all the time, mm-hmm. but quite frankly, he was pretty fucking mediocre. Right. And, uh, every other day it was, I'm going to catch Nathan at this. Or I'm going to catch Zach at this. I'm going to beat you at this. I'm going to beat you at that. The point that I was finally like, listen, dude, I'll spot you 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. I'll give you 200 pounds on your total. And I'll still out total you. We can do it whenever you want to. And when you do it, we'll do a dollar per pound to the winner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, no. <laughs> like, cause he fucking knew better. Like, but at some point you just take so much shit off somebody. Like it's one of those things too, just like your situation in the gym that we've, we've discussed before. And the dude being in your space, that shit never comes from above. It always mm-hmm. comes from below. And I have to remind myself that like, this person feels like they have something to prove. Like, mm-hmm. um, they don't like that I'm in here right now. They don't like that they're the low man on the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Like, they got they feel like they got a big dick swinging because they just hit a PR or something like that. Right. But like, I don't have to be I don't have to be the focus of your aggression either. Right. Like, I, I would be happy if you would 
come and brag to me about it, man. I'll pat you on the back and tell you how good of a job you are yeah. you're doing. But like, we don't <laughs> we don't have to play this fucking schoolyard bullshit, dude. Yeah, dick measuring. Like, <laughs> I just hit that for a second, ten, bro. I'm right. happy you got it for one for the first time ever. Yeah. But I literally just got up from hitting that for a second, ten. Yeah, I have a guy in that gym that like. He thinks he thinks he's a badass. He's this huge like TikTok influencer too, and it's kind of funny. And uh, I made him leave the other day because I was benching everything he deadlifted. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't by design on my part. It was what uh, I was doing. What I was I had programmed for myself. Right. And he just it wasn't my fault. He couldn't keep up. I mean, it is what it is. But when he got done deadlifting, he fucking left. Yeah. Like, did his cardio, hit his deadlifts, fucking gone. He's normally in there for an hour or two. I'm like, oh, well, sorry, bud. You're getting huffy and puffy by every set I hit. Mm-hmm. Like, man, just come, <laughs> just come talk to me. Just right. like, don't just be in the corner, like fucking throwing a fit and raising hell because I'm, I'm not even that strong. Like, that's the, that's like, the funniest on, thing to on, me. I'm pretty fucking mediocre. Like, come on, dude. Like, <clears throat> it's it's always the 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 weak people, right? Like that that always. Weaker. I mean, they're they're gym. I mean, they're not. In a general sense, they're not weak people. You know what I mean? From, like, from a powerlifting perspective. Yeah, like, yeah. it's it's always, like, the weak people that are just, like, pissed off about it. Because, like, when I go in there, and I forget his name, the older guy, um, very strong, used to bodybuild and powerlift. Gray beard, got his kids yeah. working out for him. Super cool guy. Super cool dude. I saw him hit, like, 500 on a squat for, like, three or something. And I was like... This, this is somebody strong. that used to total 1,800 pounds. He don't give a fuck what we do in there. Right. But, but <laughs> me, like, I'm like, man, I, w- I want to squat 500 for three. Like, I mean, I might be able to now. I'm not but sure like, where that attitude comes from. Right. Because but, we don't feel that way. Right. When I see somebody doing great, I'm like, man. That's, the first time I saw Kevin, awesome. Kevin Heatherly in there, and I'm like, fuck, that guy's fucking strong. Right. This is cool. Like, I'm happy to be here because I'm around other strong people. Yeah. It's, Imagine everybody having that attitude. It'd be a much better world, at least in the gym. Maybe honestly, I see people like that. I feel like, hey, I'm in the right place. Right. I can get better with somebody that presses 100 pounds more than I do. Mm-hmm. Kevin fucking overhead presses as much as I bench press. Right. I mean, probably not quite, but nearly. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, like, I don't know what his best is. 341 or something on the log? Like, on a log, yeah. yeah I don't I mean, know what his uh, barbell overhead I mean, is. I know it's 315. I know it's three, three yeah. points or better. So, I mean, just a strong human being. I'm fucking happy for him. Right. <laughs> it is what like, those are the kind of people that like you experienced it. You're better than me now, but you experienced it with people like me and Justin and whoever else may have been in the gym at the time. And I got that a lot from Justin. Mm-hmm. Um, iron sharp as iron, right? I get that a lot from you and Austin now. Like, um, it fucking feels good to be around other strong people. So yeah. I'm not sure why other people aren't excited about. Being around other strong people. Yeah, like I get yeah. excited about training. You know, when I went down to train with Ron, he had Tammy Mims on one end who squats nearly as much as I do. She had 350 for a double that day. Mm-hmm. I had 450, 451 in kilos because um, I was on kilo plates. Yeah. 451 for a double that day. Ron was between us, squatted 622 for four. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad at Ron because right. he squatted 622 <laughs> for L. I was stoked to be there yeah. and be a part of it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't understand why. I've, it seems like it's the it's the average gym bro, like mm-hmm. commercial gym attitude. Like they get fucking pissed about it. Yeah, because they they have this conception <clears throat> of what strong is, and it's not. They get their bubble busted. Yeah, that pretty much. I like, don't know that. 
I don't know. Uh, me, you, and Austin was probably the strongest three people in the gym today. Mm-hmm. Actually, I can say that with a great deal of confidence. We were the three yeah. strongest people in the gym today. Um, but none of those kids that were in there with us seemed to care. Right. They were doing their thing. They were. They were doing their thing. They didn't pay us no mind. If they did, it was an admiration and happy to see us there. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Like I don't know. Um, when I was benching, you were already gone, and Austin was already gone. When I was benching, and I, I was having a hard time actually with weight that I normally dominate. Um, they were kind of watching from the corner. I only know because I saw it on my video when I was watching it back. But I, I could see them like eyeballing. I don't know if they were doing it in a negative or positive way. Probably not. But they didn't. They didn't like. They didn't act like it. Like they were mad. They're like right. this, this guy coming in here, yeah. pressing more than I can squat or whatever. But like, yeah, I didn't feel that vibe at all in there today. And I'm generally I'm pretty an empathetic person. And one thing that an empath can do is kind of pick up on the vibe of the room. And I never got that feeling. Yeah. In there today, but that's a strong gym with strong people in it mm-hmm. that have come together to get strong, right. yeah. <laughs> and they they understand and and largely you know because that's a it's not a, I mean it wasn't really a little gym I was actually impressed by the size yeah, it was for what small. it was um, but that's a little gym out in the country it's not a commercial gym it's mm-hmm. something that a local bodybuilding legend put together to have like-minded people around her mm-hmm. and she's doing it to make money too. I'm right, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a fucking business, you know, yeah, I mean? of course. but in general, I felt like everybody was there for the same purpose today. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to be in that environment. So mm-hmm. only thing I would say is I wish they had a squat bar. If they had a squat bar. I would have been really happy. I it probably... was really weird squatting on a short bar today. Mm-hmm. The length bothers me more than the weight does because mm-hmm. I'm big. Yeah. And it felt like I was out of space. Yeah, your your hands were all the way pretty much touching the ends of the barbell. Yeah. So, so I mean, it was even coming out of a monolith when I, where I could have set them in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty awkward squatting on a 45-pound bar. Yeah. But, you know, that's something we should be used to, too, because in the WRPF, that's the meat director's discretion. So right. you might do everything on a power bar. So. Right. We should probably squat on a 45-pound bar more often than we do. I think you got two licks in on a 45-pound bar this week, didn't you? I think so, yeah, because I squatted on Monday at uh, at uh, BAC. Yeah, funny story. That was a deadlift bar. It was. It was a deadlift bar. I didn't realize it until I had uh, got some whip out of the top of it, and it was like, yep, like if I wanted to go through the ceiling. Yep. I was like, there's a reason Ooh. why squat bars are stiff. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was fine, like because it was only for singles. But like at the very top, I felt that little bit of whip, and I was like, oh. This is a deadlift bar because we we had that conversation. And I was like, oh, there's not deadlift bars up there. So I had no thought process at all going in, like testing it for whip. But I was like, oh, that that was actually and they actually have a it wasn't the one that I was using, but they actually had one. It says deadlift bar on the on the end cap, which I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I didn't look good enough. But I pulled when I pulled there, I pulled that 565 on a stiff bar. Right. It was a power bar, but right, it was the Texas best bar I could bar. find, yeah. you know, um, funny enough. Talking about whipping a barbell, um, me and Justin crashed a CrossFit gym one time, um, and me and him had to squat, and he it was at the peak of his strength. It was uh, everybody's probably heard me talk about how he. This is a small man. He's at the time he's probably two hundred and ten pounds. Squatted four ninety five for a set of twelve at the CrossFit gym. Those big fucking fat bumpers. I'm talking about this thing is fucking <laughs> loaded as much as you can load a, a CrossFit bar. And uh, the reason he racked it and quit where he did is because 
there was so much whip in it that he he walked out and his his knees were shaking because of the wobble. Yeah, and the bar wouldn't settle down. Uh, and the more he squatted it, the more wobbled. the more out of control it got. Yeah. and finally he just was like, "Fuck this, I'm yeah. racking it." You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I mean that's probably to be honest, that's probably the heaviest squat that gym has seen, at least for reps. Oh yeah, for you know? sure. Um, so it is what it is, but it sucks to squat on a bendy bar, dude. Yeah. Those, an Olympic bar is not quite as bendy as a uh, as a deadlift bar, so I can imagine yours was probably that was probably was, an experience. It, <laughs> man, it was weird. It was definitely weird. I didn't I didn't even think about it until after I'd gotten done, and I was just like, man, that was why was that so weird? And I, like, it was literally the last rep because like I knew it was like I was just thinking, ah, oh, it's probably just was it like a chrome bar because no. another black bar is a power bar, right? Uh, it wasn't a chrome bar. It was uh, it was like a it was brownish. Was it a a Texas deadlift bar? Not, I, it might have been, but I'm not sure. All I know is it had whip at the top of it. So I was like, that's. That'll make you miss a squat bar real fucking bad. Yeah. It was, it was awkward, but I, fortunately, not fortunately for my squat, but fortunately for that day, I don't squat incredibly powerfully. So like, I didn't. A lot just, of speed. Yeah. Like, so I didn't like whip it so bad that it was bouncing around, but I noticed at the top when I, when I like settled my squat, there's a little bit of bounce. I know you've seen me squat a ton, but like my descent tends to be really slow and I'm really powerful on the way up. That kind of bar would fuck me up. Yeah. <laughs> like, like bad. <laughs> like, I don't know that I could do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It is what it is. Fortunately, we survived. If it's a squat that I'm going to be able to lock out, it's, it's moving. I mean. I'm not a good squatter, but like I squat with some authority when I right. do squat. And uh, a bendy bar is, I can do a power bar fine, but mm -hmm. a squat bar is definitely a preference. Right. Yeah, I definitely don't sure. want a commercial bar. I don't want like a CrossFit bar or something like that. The CrossFit bars without a center knurl in, I hate the bar with no center knurl yeah, in. Yeah, it's weird. Hate it. Even on high bar, fucking hate it. Like, yeah. hate that feeling. For me, it's like you I don't just can't feel really get slip. centered. I feel like my, my problem is because I do squat up with so much speed, it tends to slip up my back. I felt that today with that bar. Yeah. Only one squat, and then I grabbed some chalk and chalked up the bar, but it definitely slid up my back on the 455. Yeah, that's yeah. not... <clears throat> you, <laughs> you don't like the feeling of immediately transitioning from a low bar squat to a high bar squat because the bar rolls up your back yeah. at the top. It's pretty awkward. <laughs> Fortunately, like if you're like me, my hips are set different with those two squats. Yeah. Like they are not the same technique for me personally. So like it's a pretty fucking big difference to oh shit, this bar just slipped like Yeah, I, I was pretty fortunate to catch it so fast and kind of adjust my torso to catch it. Um and it was also Toward, like midway through the squat so i was really just locking my hips out so it was kind of just like getting my my shoulder or my chest up and my back straight and then just like putting it up and i was like and austin actually was there and he saw it and he was like he said something about like how how good my squat was because i my like nervous system caught where it was stalling and i fixed it i was like no the bar slipped <laughs> <laughs> like i had nothing to do with that and he was like oh <laughs> fixing that bar slippage. Yeah. Fortunately for me, it does tend to happen at the very, very top of a rep where I can kind of like almost like it's not safe. Don't do this, but I can almost like pop it back down. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, probably very, very bad for your, for your, uh, T-spine, but 
I guess it's better than <laughs> I can, being crumpled I can over. Yeah, I mean, I can I can make that adjustment if I have to. Yeah. Probably not on a one rep max attempt, but like if it's sub maximal, I can definitely fucking adjust the bar. But well, we kind of we kind of just went off on tangents there for a minute. This is going to be the tangent number two, I think. But I what I, what I originally was going to try and get to um, at the beginning of the conversation was kind of just like bouncing back from being in a low spot. Yeah. Um, and like I don't know if if the tone shift kind of gave away like. Part of that is like maybe just, you know, if if you like to drink, have a drink with a friend and have a conversation. Right. Like, I I definitely can tell a difference between the mood when I sat down and started all this shit up, and then like <laughs> now, thirty minutes yeah. now we just having a conversation. It's like I feel a lot better. I feel like more normal. Sure. And sometimes that all it ta- all it takes to bounce back is just kind of like resetting. You know. Yeah. Sometimes taking a day, like realistically, and I was telling Joe this, if I didn't already make plans to go down there with you guys, I probably wouldn't have gone to the gym today. It's not a normal gym day for me anyway, but even if it was, I probably wouldn't have just because I knew I didn't feel as good as I normally do. Like I crashed out on the couch after I ate breakfast. Yeah. And that's why I was running so far behind. Like uh, I lost an hour because I slept more. So obviously like there was some sort of recovery issue. I've been having recovery issues consistently because i'm not sleeping enough or at least not getting enough quality sleep but yeah what, what's your kind of thing that bounces you back from a bad day or whether it's bad in the gym or bad outside of the gym or things that bounce me back um honestly i mean um Sandy and friends helps, yeah. you know, tremendously. But honestly, man, a lot of the times for me, it's music. Still, yeah. you know, it's always been since I was a little boy. It's been something that's partially because I've um, been around it so much. Whether it's you know listening to something that kind of mimics the way I feel, almost you know, mm-hmm. whether it be not kind of low key like sad music or um, angry or something, something like hyper violent. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, I don't think anybody really realizes it's almost like watching a People that don't understand, like listen to heavy music, the easiest uh, the easiest thing I have to compare it to, and I think it's I think it's a really smart thing is most of us watch some type of entertainment. Mm-hmm. It, heavy heavy music is really honestly whether it's rap or metal or uh, rock or anything that tends to be like a little bit more violent than mm-hmm. other music. Um, Even it's a lot like. Music. It's a lot like uh, watching a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cathartic for people because it's an opportunity to, uh, much like the gym's an opportunity for you to better yourself and conquer some fears. Like it's cathartic because that music or those genres of film kind of do the same thing for mm-hmm. you. Um, a lot of people believe that horror movies are cathartic for them. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. It is. And, you know, you have how many women do you know that listen to true crime pro- podcasts right. and stuff like that and find it to be cathartic. Um, there is an inherent need for a degree of violence in all of us, um, not heinous crime. <laughs> you, know, right. you know what I mean? But uh, it is a good place to put, you know, especially when you're talking about a, in a fictional sense, it is a good place to put some negative emotions and uh, kind of can't allow you to pull your head out of your ass. Um, but for me, it's more about like conquering fears. And it goes back to a movie. The good example is it goes back to a movie from my childhood um, that scared the absolute shit out of me because I grew up in a religious 
in a, in a religious way that believed in these kind of things. But I remember as a kid being terrified of The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. That movie was fucking terrifying to me. Um, it's ridiculous now. It's still a good movie, but, but you know, but like watching something like that to me is cathartic because like that is something I was legitimately afraid of like mm -hmm. for a long time. Um, getting hurt in the gym is something I was legitimately afraid of for a long time, and it sucks when it happens. Um, I don't feel great after my squat session today. I had some some hip problems that we alluded to earlier that were seemed to be pretty minor, um, but they pop up every now and then. Um, Maybe that impingement or whatever. Um, but because I've had to face that over and over and over again, and because it's like just something I deal with, it doesn't get me down like I used to. But honestly, sometimes there is a cathartic aspect to knowing that there's something wrong too, just because it's an opportunity to fix something and that's mm -hmm. going to inevitably make you better. Right. Um, I think that if we look at some of these things as, um, an opportunity to improve and less so something to be afraid of or something to sit around and pout about. Um, there's a lot of power in that too. Yeah. And that's one of the things I tried really hard to implement as far as like when things would go wrong, like, like with the deadlift this past Wednesday or th Thursday, I think it was Thursday. Um, there's a bunch of issues and I was getting frustrated and I was like, man, I, I just don't feel like every, anything is clicking today. And, you know, I talked to Joe and whatever, and we got it squared away. But the whole time I was trying to get like I was telling myself to not feel bad about it because I will just find like once I finally talk to Joe, we'll fix it. We'll get it improved. And then the next time it'll be better. And I, one of the things, you know, I've because I've complained to him about it several times about my deadlift, just not feeling right. And um, he would just say, you know, he understands that it's like constantly hearing that over and over over again well it's a way to improve it's a way to improve it's made to get better it's frustrating because it's like fuck when it's gonna when is it gonna get better because yeah. like we've been doing this three but this you're, you back for three weeks carving out a path for that though. right yeah so it's just one of those things like understanding that it will take time and it is stressful um but it it will improve and like i feel like when i deadlift this week it will be better i feel like this whole week, like after today, things will be better. Uh, yeah. Like mentally, that's that's where I'm putting my energy. I'm not thinking about, man, I had a shitty day bench pressing after I had a really good day and like all this other shit. I, I know there were factors involved that are not normal factors that affected today. And I know that I can work towards a work towards not handling it the way I did and get into a better position the next time it happens. Yeah. So I'll, I'll like Joe says, skill acquisition, even like recovering from like a, a mental breakdown, like is skill acquisition. Yeah, because you, you yeah. have to learn how to recover from it. That works for you. That is healthy. That's not going to put you in a bad place or the people around you in a bad place. So, and that's, that's just also communication, obviously, like, this is what's going on. This is why I'm fucked up and this is what I need, you know, and hopefully getting that back, you know, but yeah, getting to a place we talked, we talked about with Joe a little bit, but getting to a place where you are kind of able to separate your mental health from the gym is mm -hmm. really important. But the wonderful, wonderful thing about the gym is you get to, you get to constantly work on a physical 
manifestation of these uh, issues that come up in your life or whatever they may mm -hmm. be, right? Like, um, if you have an X, X amount of goal and you don't meet it, you have an opportunity to fix those things physically and continue toward that goal or crush that goal mm -hmm. and on to the next one. Like the fact that we're faced in the gym every day with X amount of parity and mm -hmm. X amount of um, issues or whatever, the, whatever they may be. Um, that's a muscle that's getting exercised too. And there's this muscle of self-discipline and mm -hmm. it's getting, it's getting worked on day to day. And that does start to pour into, uh, it starts to, you know, like overflow into other aspects of your life, right? Like mm -hmm. um, somebody I listen to a lot is Andy Frisella and mm -hmm. he, he talks about uh, personal excellence is the ultimate rebellion, right? And like, like it is what it is. But, you know, the good thing about the gym is we have an opportunity to physically work on that excellence every time we're in there. And, and nobody ever achieves a perfect excellence. Mm -hmm. Everybody, you know, there's people that are better than others and there's people that are worse than others. But like you have this opportunity though, to, um, to work on those things daily. And that is a skill that's getting, Develop too. Yeah. Like you have an opportunity to to work on things that beat you down and and to overcome those things, and it does help mentally to uh, to be able to flex that muscle because you know you look at problems in everyday life. Uh, I kind of I kind of told you. Uh, I feel like I told you this when when you first started getting into powerlifting, but um, when you kind of have like something like this to concentrate on, <clears throat> little things matter less, and the big things matter more. Mm -hmm. And it does have a weird way of focusing you on other things outside of the gym. Yeah. I mean, just <clears> thinking <throat> about work, like when I go to work, lots of people around me are always stressed out about this job, about certain things that are happening and certain like aspects of the job. And I never feel like the job is stressful. I'm always there and I'm like, I mean, sometimes I get frustrated when other people don't do stuff or like they don't do something right or whatever. And sometimes it's kind of like just, you know, their negative energy kind of like bleeds into me. But for the most part, when I show up to work, I'm good. Like I'm I'm like, I'm going to show up and do my job and go home. Work problems aren't real problems. Right. And, that, like, and the gym helps you see that because you know what a real problem you might know what a real problem looks like and feels like <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean like in my case like i know what a real problem feels like mm -hmm. it, an injury fucking sucks yeah you know i mean um but it it does bleed over and i mean like i said like those things just it's just work that's got to be done yeah it's going to get done or it doesn't get done and Maybe that becomes tomorrow's problem. We hope that it doesn't mm -hmm. because it does make things slightly more stressful. But but why? Why get why get up in arms over? And it's, you, know, you know what I mean? Sometimes like, it's really small, petty things. And that I'm not trying to talk shit about my coworkers. I don't think they listen, even if I do. But like it's little things like a couple of weeks ago, they changed our desk structure. And it's. Like looking at it, it's a really dumb thing. Like we were we were off in a corner, essentially. Like yeah. and then they moved us to the other side, closer to the walkway, so management can walk by and look at us while we're working. Yeah. And they can look at our computers while we're working. And they're all mad. They're like, they're trying to spy on us. They don't think we're doing our job. I'm like, if we just do our job, we don't have to worry you. about anything. And here's the thing, sometimes we get done so early and we have nothing to do. 
Like, that's it. Like, our job is done. If a manager walks up to us and says, hey, why aren't you doing anything? We're done. Can we go home? Yeah. Like, most of us want to go home, like, early some days. Because yeah. it's like, we, get, we don't have anything left to do other than fire off some emails at the end of the night. They're not real fucking problems. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, not, even, I mean, even when things, like, are a little more stressful. Like, there was one time last week... We had several people call in and it was like, oh man, we're really stretched thin. We've, we've only got, we got so much stuff to do. And I was just like, okay, it made for a quick night. Like I was busy all night. I got my stuff done. Like I was annoyed slightly, but it wasn't like a big deal. Like we just got the work done and we went home. Yeah. Everyone else was like, oh, this sucks. It's stressful. Blah blah. And I'm like, it's fine. It's not going to get any better sitting around pouting about it. No, exactly. That's, you know, that's the thing. That's something the gym definitely teaches us. Like, you want to be stronger? Sitting around doing nothing about the fact that you're not where you want to be mm-hmm. isn't doing a goddamn thing for you. Yeah. It's not. Like, you can get under that squat bar one more time and put a little bit more weight on it or do what you're supposed to do. Um, you could train a little harder. You could eat a little bit better. You could sleep a little bit better, whatever those things may be. But, like, pretty cut and dry. The work gets done or the work doesn't get done, and you only have yourself to blame. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, you have to a little bit more, more detailed problem solving than that. Like, especially if you're coming off of an injury or something like that, but by and large, it still comes down to, did you do the work or did you not do the work? Right. Like it's pretty fucking, it has a pretty miraculous way of kind of minimizing life and mm-hmm. uh, just this black and white. Is it done? Is it not done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, if it's not done, you still have a fucking problem. If it's done, Move on to the next problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's no problem. Well, I mean, it's, it's not, nothing to worry about at that point. I do think that's pretty, that's one of the gifts that, that the gym does give us. I think that um, there's a lesson every day, um, um, especially about effort, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like stuff like that, dedication. Uh, but, you know, also, I don't know. I mean, it does take, it does take testicular fortitude to do what we do. Mm-hmm. And not to pat myself on the back, but um, and there's people that have done it bigger and they've done it better. But um, I've come back from things that people would absolutely never get back under a barbell for. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely be scared to death. And I, I just now I know what it feels like. Some things are worse than others. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that I desire that pain or I'm looking for it. But now that I've done it, it's a lot less scary. Right. Just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Fucking hurt myself. Fucking come back from it and move on to the next time I hurt myself. I guess that's what it feels <laughs> like for me right now. But, but I mean, it's just like I don't know, man. I mean, also when you, I, I think it's a pretty good. It's a very very small snapshot of this, but it's a very 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 real snapshot of if if you really really want something, if you really really want to be good at something, if you really desire something you'll put up with a lot more bullshit and you'll mm-hmm. endure it and do it with a smile on your face. If it's something that matters. Yeah. And that's a pretty good, uh, definitely that definitely spills over into, into regular life. And I think I, as far as like powerlifting goes, we have like long-term goals, right? So we have like, for me, it's like my short term is to hit a certain total, certain lifts, this upcoming meet long, a little further, qualified for nationals you know haven't really set a goal for nationals just getting there and like being competitive that's your goal oriented right and that's the thing like you you start breaking this up and like eventually you know two or three years down the road maybe you're looking at 2k 
And it's <laughs> like, like you look at it that way. I also it also bleeds into your like maybe your financial life. Like, well, if I start saving money now, I'll be able to afford this or be able to do this or venture off into this. And you start thinking about things on a longer term. And it's like, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. It doesn't have to be next week. It can be five years from now. And you can start today putting things back to, to get to that five year mark. And then five years from now, you're like, well, now I can do this thing that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. Whether, whether it's taking a trip or uh, starting a business or whatever it may be like starting now and then like developing that habit of that discipline yeah. like of I'm not going to go out to eat today I'm going to put back this 20 bucks yeah and like save it you know I mean to really put that in perspective something the powerlifting taught me is and this these are conventional numbers you know if you're in if you have a coach and you have custom programming obviously this doesn't work but powerlifting block traditionally is 13 weeks including you know a deload on in the middle of deload on the outside, mm-hmm. right? So 13 weeks, that is four. You have four, four 13 week blocks in a year. Mm-hmm. It means you're only 20 blocks away from that five year mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you look at it in like finite numbers like that, and that's like, well, all of a sudden that's a little bit more serious. Like, yeah. how do you maximize every 13 weeks? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you maximize every day? How do you maximize? Because there's a finite number of, yeah. of those things. And it does spill over into how you, or at least it does for me, it definitely spills over into my life and, and how I perceive goals and how I'm, you know, becoming more and more goal oriented and realize that like, hey, if I just do these things, if I save $10, $10 every 13 weeks is hundred only $130. But, you know, that's times four is what, um, help me math here, 620, yeah. right? Well, $620 a year, that's not, all of a sudden, that's not a little amount of money. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not like, it's not life-changing. Right. But like, you know, you do that for X amount amount of time, and all of a sudden it becomes a big thing. And that's very, very, you know, that's very, very minimal way to look at it. Mm But, I mean, in that five years' time, you have six grand or better saved up to, for a down payment on a house or a car or like, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden that is life-changing. Right. For the price of your Starbucks order, mm-hmm. you have a down payment for a new car or a down payment for a house or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's like, like I said, that's a very, very, very small-brained way to look at that thing. But, I mean, that's that's the truth. I mean, you you only have so much time. Like, why not be goal-oriented? Mm-hmm. And uh, little things turn into big things. I mean, that's right. the truth. You know, if you're able to put five pounds, even on your total, and every 13 weeks... Well, you're fucking totaling, you know, a hundred pounds or better in a five year period. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's and and I think you know this as we've gotten better. That fucking that next hundred pounds comes tougher and tougher and tougher every day we're in the gym. Yep. All the time. But it's not a fucking small feat to fucking get that five pounds on your total every fucking thirteen weeks. Mm-hmm. It's really not, because it's gonna add up. We hope for more. Right. And coaching and controlling what we can control and stuff like that does allow for more. But there's gonna be times where you're injured. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to come so easy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, so yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking powerful way to look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That is extremely powerful way to yep. look at it. Small yeah. things over a long course of time make big things. Yeah, you know, I think what's really really unique at the gym, even despite injuries, 
the spot setbacks and stuff like that. What you that is the the gym is the only thing in life that whatever you put into it is what you get out of it. Mm-hmm. I know there's things I can do better. I know that I can drink less. I know that I can eat cleaner. Um, I know that I could probably sleep better. There's a lot of things I know I could do better. Um, and it just kind of is what it is. But the gym is the only thing that will give you whatever you put into it. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing in life that's almost guaranteed that if you put in the effort, if you control the things you can control and you do this, this, and this, the gym will give you those returns. Right. You think about like... That's extremely rare in life. That's yeah. the only thing in life that I've ever been able to think of. Yeah. I mean, you can think mm. about schooling, right? Like you yeah. can put all your time and energy into school and getting a degree and whatever. And never get a job. Never get a job in that field. You can do it with somebody you love. Mm-hmm. You can do everything right. You can put in X amount of things. There's no guarantee you're going to get those same things in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very fortunate that I don't have to worry about that. But right. I mean, that's very much the case. I mean, even though that's not the case with me and Sandy, that's been the case with family members and friends mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, <clears throat> my the, ex. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very fortunate to have Sandy, and I'm very fortunate that that situation is as good as it is. Mm-hmm. But not everybody in my life is that way, right? You know, people. People don't give you the return that you put in, but the gym will. And mm-hmm. I think that there's pretty, that's pretty profound and pretty awesome. Right. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a really cool thing. And almost always, if you're seeing setbacks, if you're not getting to where you where you want to be, if you've plateaued, if you've even regressed, there's a good chance in the gym it's because you were not putting into it the same things that you were putting into it before. Mm-hmm. And there become as you get better, there's a need to put more things in in a more clear and defined way and in a, a little bit better way. But it's the only thing that is, you know, return on investment is even uh, perfectly even with whatever you're putting in. Though. And I hate to keep like going down this road, but like in the beginning, like we, we all like our form isn't the best right like we always we always start with something but if you're if you're not investing time into fixing that as well yeah what you're doing you're you're investing into heavyweight in a bad form which the gym is going to return in an injury yeah absolutely like so that that is also something to be aware of again you're you're getting what you put into it Mm -hmm. if you're not putting in serious things I mean, play stupid, game, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. If you're not putting the <laughs> mental energy into yeah. to refine technique, your technical skills, you're it's a fucking problem. You're gonna you're gonna get back, you know, a herniated disc. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever it may be, whatever yeah. it may be. Absolutely. Like, I mean, the, like these guys with their. I, talk, I mean, I talk to people. You know, I've made this point a lot of times on the podcast. A lot of what y'all know, y'all know because I had to learn it the hard way first. Mm-hmm. Um, that sucks, <laughs> but, but that's a prime example of the gym putting, uh, putting into me what I put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I put in an injury yeah. <laughs> and I got out <laughs> an injury. <laughs> like, you, like I said, play stupid games, win stupid prizes, right? And some things, you know, there's been a couple of th- issues I've had that were things I, I, you probably wouldn't have been aware of until, until it happened. Yeah. But, and there is such thing as bad luck, mm-hmm. but Absolutely. You know, I, I talked about this in March. March seemed like a bad luck situation for me. I get injured on my second squat again, second meet in a row. Basically puts me out of the meet, even though I finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, what did I neglect the entire block I was with Ron, or the entire three or four blocks I was with Ron? I didn't do a day of mobility. Mm-hmm. Not a day. I was pretty ritualistic and pretty on top of doing mobility regularly. I'm not hurt. I'll, I'll squat again to capacity the next squat day. Mm-hmm. But my little, you know, issue I had today that kind of made me cut, you know, cut it short. I mean... I still haven't, even though I know that this is what caused me that injury in March, I haven't done a mobi- day of mobility since, I know, since I've known that. Mm. So, like, I'm getting out of it what I've put in. You right. know what I mean? Like, that needs to be addressed and has not been addressed. So, it's my fault. Like, mm-hmm. even though March may have looked like bad luck, if you look at the total time I spent with that man, he did everything right and I did nothing right. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, you know, I got the result that I deserved. Like, right. whether... I know how tragic it looks for other people, but I feel like that's what I got. I mm-hmm. got what I deserve. So, just is what it is. Well, I think we went on a few few good tangents there. Didn't discuss a PR song. Didn't we? Didn't we had rum old fashions. We um, did PR songs real quick. Yeah, well, it'd be weird putting them at the end, but I think I've got one. I hadn't been on top of it this. Uh, this week, be honest with you. Let's see. I'm trying to see if I had anything new. I really don't feel like I do. Well, I guess I don't have any. Um, so that's a problem. I guess I'll just pull up Spotify real quick and we'll uh, we'll grab something. Most of the things on my regular playlist I have put on here before. I know. It's getting harder not to repeat, right? Getting a lot harder not to repeat, man. Apparently, we're in a rut. We need some new music. Clay Byram, send us some new music. <laughs> you're, our, you're our plug for heavy shit. I haven't seen him much lately uh, since I'm on the other side of the, the building now. So, um, How about this one? Every Time I Die has a song called Map Change. Um, I love that song. Uh, there's a line in it, and this will be the only one I do because I don't want to look for any more. Right. We've already been on a tangent. <clears throat> uh, there's a line in it that says, I assure you, hell's not a myth. Uh, we both vacation there. Um, it just fucking <laughs> rips, dude. <laughs> like, That's pretty like good. That fucking line's awesome. That song rips. It's fucking good. It's a, it's a good song. <clears throat> this one's going to be... It's it's a little hard for me to call it a PR song, but I listen to it in the gym a lot, and it's mostly not when I'm lifting barbell. But I do like the song a lot. Um, but Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas. Oh, okay, <laughs> I know that's pretty left field. That's that's I, I, I'm normally the left field guy. But you hit us with a left field one. Yeah, right? I I don't know. I really like listening to that song in the gym. Just something about it. It's it's very low tempo, slow like. I don't know, it, but it, but it grooves. Yeah. Like, I understand that. I mean, I have got down with some Earth, Wind, and Fire and shit before in the gym. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, I like my old disco and funk, though, so it is what it is. I'm a bass player. Yeah, that, still, that makes sense. There's some appeal to it. Uh, I will absolutely, I'm not doing barbell stuff to it, but I will absolutely lift to some James Brown in a heartbeat. So, <laughs> I mean, it gets it can get pretty out there for me, too. Yeah. In terms of gym music, it's not right. really out there, but... 
You know? Yeah, my PR song's not really a PR song because, like I said, I, I don't really feel like I listen to it on the barbell ever. But like, I do listen to it in the gym quite a bit. It's already been put on there, but 100. If I'm in a situation that I feel like I need build out of and I need a little juice, I still go back to Worthless by the Acacia Strain. Such a good That's song. The fucking, that is fucking it for me. <laughs> That's like pinnacle. Um, I've been trying to abstain from using it a whole lot in the gym. Right. Um, but that, that that is it. The whole vibe. I love the pace of it. Um, I love the lyrical content. Mm. It has the riffs. Um, they're slow and sludgy, but but they they make you feel powerful. They do. That is just a super fucking powerful song. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of it's kind of mocks powerlifting a little bit because like you're you're not going anywhere fast, but you're doing it big and heavy. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's it's that feeling. That's what it feels like. It feels big, cumbersome and heavy. It does. <laughs> that's I don't does. I don't know that. Did, you you saw that uh that squat Perkins did. That was all-time world record. Mm-hmm. That was fast. That was. That yeah. was not slow at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it, it wasn't. But I mean I think I think more I'm In thinking more along the like, yeah, yeah. What people think of when they think of a power lift a power lifter, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um Shane, uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Old school lifter from like the 90s. Mm-hmm. Why can't I think of his name? Fastest squat I've ever seen. It's like 900 plus pounds. And I'm talking I feel about like this. I know like, who you're talking about. Squat you post him all the time. Yeah. But like that is still like, yeah, fucking legend. You ought to see the speed on that squat. Anybody, I, if somebody knows the name of that man, the last name of that man, you should you should let us know. But uh, that is obnoxious. I yeah. Never Especially not hundred pounds. Yeah, like. and move it like he seriously moves it like it's a hundred pounds. Right, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm jealous of that style of squat. I wish I could squat with that much speed. Yeah, um, I just don't have fast is only as good as you can control, and I I really want to guide. I like squatting. I, I squat fast up. We talked about it. I'm a powerful mm-hmm. squatter on the ascent, but I really really want to make sure that I hit my posture and my pocket perfect. And then I feel like I can tear into it. Like yeah. once I've done it, but I'm very much somebody that's going to guide a squat down. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I've just always been that way. So yeah, it was more of a fear thing for me, at least at the beginning. It was like, I don't want to like drop down there and then like get stuck. Yeah. I, if I can control it down, I can at least fit, know the feeling of it right. on the way down. And then I kind of get an idea of like where I'm at and how much power I have to input. Which really, I should be putting all the power into it, but right. sometimes my brain just doesn't go there. Right. It just is what it is, man. Skill acquisition. Skill acquisition. Yeah, that's that's the uh, Joe Sullivan buzzword, right? It is. Um, it is one of many. He has a lot of buzzwords. You got a you got a dad joke for us? I don't think I do. I'll just be honest. I'm gonna pull up a I'm few. Let you have it. I'm gonna pull up a few. Let's see, because I have some saved here. Saved one today, I do believe. Uh, so I asked my Chinese friend what it's like to live in China. Okay. Uh, he said he couldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little let, political, but you know. Let that be a lesson. <laughs> let that be a lesson. Um, have you ever, this is a tangent. This is a little political too. Y'all can have it what you will. Have you ever looked at... Um, American and um, basically Western journalists in general, European journalists and stuff like that, mm-hmm. asking people in public at China what they thought about Tiananmen Square, that situation. Mm-hmm. They will run away from the interviewee before they give an answer about that. 
It tells you a lot. It tells you a lot. They will they not. They don't. They will say things. what? Who? Where? What are you talking about? I don't know. Or they'll just yeah, that, like, that wave you off. Yeah, that tells you everything you need to know. That's a very <laughs> that's a very very telling thing. Yep. Yeah. Want to want to shift back to the a little a little more yeah, lighthearted? Back, but go back to the dad. <laughs> um, so a polar bear. This is actually kind of funny because we drank rum today. A polar bear walks into a bar and says to the bartender, I'll take a rum and Coke. And the bartender says, what's with the paws? Polar bear says, I was born with them. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, one's, this one you have to kind of think about. My wife just sent me a strange text message. And there's a man on the bus next to me who keeps farting. And I replied, that's okay. At least he isn't on your bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, was, that's pinnacle dad joke. Right there. <laughs> that was, yeah. This is the last one I'll give, but, and I'm, and I may have said this last week now that I think about it, but it'll be all right. Uh, why do nurses always carry red crayons well, in case they need to draw blood? <laughs> that's the that's show. The show. Da, 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 da. We are the Sip It and Rip It podcast. You can follow us at Coleman underscore bar, score bar, barbell or uh, at Nathan Skedios um, and at Sip It and Rip It. Um, rate us five five stars on whatever you listen. Spotify, still Apple try, fixing. Still trying to figure out Apple. Not uh, sure what's wrong. Whatever you listen on, rate us five stars if you would, and uh, give us a follow. Yep. Subscribe to YouTube if you haven't. If you like to watch podcasts, if you like to listen, that's fine too. Yep. Thank y'all. I'll, I'll tell you right now, you're not missing much from the uh, <laughs> from the oh, YouTube side, <laughs> except for when we we do weird shit like that. Yeah. But YouTube only content because I, I you know what really is frustrating is that I was going to start uploading video to Spotify and I went on this whole thing and I was looking like, OK, you got to change your RSS to this to do it and all this stuff and it won't work. And I don't know why. So, for now, still just video on YouTube, possibly on Spotify in the future. Well, shit. Darn. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Darn. All right. Uh, thank y'all.